Manchester Today with Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning and welcome to Rochester Today, Thursday. And that means Tom Ostrom has returned for another program. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Andrew. Hope you're well. Uh, well you, you keep me organized now. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I guess what's in the mailbag? The Babylon Bee, uh, invariably uh, <laughs> irreverent. Uh, and it says, you know, satire. The FBI raid on Melania Trump's clothes closet was justified, says Merrick Garland, the attorney general, as he paraded in a gorgeous new evening gown and sun hat <laughs> <laughs> and earrings. <laughs> and I, I resent any accusation that this raid was influenced by partisan politics. <laughs> and FBI Director Ray echoed the statement as he strode up to the Hoover building uh, with a pair of diamond encrusted uh, uh, stilettos. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't realize this, but the Babylon Bee is uh, banned by Twitter. Oh gosh, no surprise. Yeah, I guess not. But uh, and it was a political correctness type situation. They had misinformation. Well, I I think uh, Twitter actually accused them of violating their hate speech oh. uh, <laughs> policies because they did a parody <laughs> of the Time Magazine um, Woman of the Year designation of the person who runs the Fed Health and Human Services oh, Department. Yeah. Um, and made it the, um, I believe, the Man of the Year Award. through, yeah. a, And that apparently was enough to get them booted yeah. off Twitter. She's, permanently. A trans, she's a transgender. Right. Adult. Yeah. Right. Gosh. Well, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, this from the great political cartoonist Ramirez. You know how the practice is from World War II to the present, how fighter pilots uh, put their kill ratios on the side of their plane? So uh, Ramirez shows a cartoon of uh, Putin as a jet fighter pilot uh, for Russia, and on the side of his plane are symbols of women and children. Oh, that the Russians are killing. Yeah. Well, I could. Uh, I did read a. This is Wall Street Journal. I read an article yesterday that was. Um, it was not an editorial piece either. It wasn't an opinion piece. It was a news piece that was putting forward the headline. I think it was Ukraine gains upper ground strategically in the war. And that, you know, it doesn't guarantee anything, but it seems as if, according to the analysis of this article, that the Russian advances have halted because of the Ukraine's success in hitting the supply depots and behind the lines logistical centers used by the Russian military. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Russian losses continue to mount, and they've had to... Uh, redeploy forces to the south of Ukraine where the Ukrainians have been making some advances incrementally and that has completely stalled out their offensive in the uh, eastern part of that country. And then on top of that, as we were talking about Tuesday, the attacks in Crimea, uh, the car bombing in Moscow, sabotage 
of logistical facilities and other places inside Russia and elsewhere um, have shifted it to the point where Moscow is in almost a defensive posture. But they also caution that could change in a heartbeat because of the fact that Russia continues to outgun Ukraine by a lot. Mm-hmm. Maybe not technologically anymore, but just sheer numbers. Mm-hmm. That was interesting considering this is six months into this war. And who would have thunk that, right? You bet. Well, that is interesting. And uh, you reminded me of uh, of some speculation going on that, remember, we mentioned a Putin aid advisor, uh, even a speechwriter, whose daughter, a journalist, was blown up in a car in Moscow, uh, his daughter. And, uh, and now there's speculation that uh, uh, the Russian Secret Service did it uh, under Putin's order because the man started disagreeing with Putin publicly and his policies. Uh, the man is... Uh, uh, the uh, a war hawk and and uh, said Putin was insufficient uh, in his mil- military tactics and uh, uh, if he's not prepared to win he should be replaced that's what he said so his daughter was killed some people think the Russian Secret Service did it so there's more conspiracy over there, there. you go there you go <laughs> that you mentioned uh, continuing with the mailbag Branko. You remember how Joe Biden was and is criticized for taking so many vacations and during the campaign being in his basement and now avoiding the press, too. So Branco shows uh, 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 Governor Waltz uh, exemplifying that and duplicating that. And it shows Waltz in Biden's basement uh, trying to avoid debates uh, with the gubernatorial challenger. And and, uh, uh, Waltz is telling uh, Biden, I think I'm going to like it down here. Uh, And there's a desk with ignored debate invitations, uh, uh, fill full box and accepted invitations empty. And then there's a little sign and Biden's got his arm around Waltz. and that says Democrat playbook, list lockdowns, raise taxes, gaslight voters and hide from the public. And uh, that's Branco's uh, conception of our of our governor. You know, usually um, as far as debating is concerned, the incumbent doesn't have a whole lot to gain from debating and can give up quite a bit of ground because obviously Scott Jensen is seeking name recognition by debating uh, the sitting governor, but at the same time, it has the potential to backfire on walls. Mm-hmm. Particularly, I mean, he's a skilled debater. I mean, it, it is kind of strange that you would think a person uh, who is a heck of a talker, that's for sure. I mean, he can give a rousing speech, yeah. uh, would avoid that. So we'll see how it plays out. At some point, I think that they're going to have to have at least one more debate. Well, he's got a lot of baggage uh, on the problems in the, in Minnesota, especially in the Twin Cities, and it's hard to counterpoint uh, what his opponent's telling him. But, yeah, that's surprising to me, too. And then this from Wayne. Tom, it seems to me that uh, Senate Minority Leader Republican Mitch McConnell is not supporting GOP U.S. candidates who, re- who, who won the Republican primaries. Why? Is this guy a rhino? And uh, and uh, McConnell is saying that we've got weak candidates. We might not be able to take the U.S. Senate uh, back. Uh, 
and, and Wayne said uh, Republicans should be running on inflation, recession, food prices, gas and energy, uh, the uh, uh, Gestapo 87,000 new IRS agents, increased taxes and government spending um, instead of uh, this stuff. And I think the problem is, I shared it with Wayne, uh, uh, I, th I think McConnell just doesn't like that uh, Trump's uh, endorsed candidates have done so well and McConnell doesn't like the competition and Republican leadership and he's undercutting, uh, um, you know, uh, I think uh, he's undercutting his Republican uh, challenge or uh, office seekers. But uh, yet the other day, uh, since uh, we communicated with each other, uh, McConnell did say that uh, this FBI investigation does have to be investigated. It looks it looks political. Uh, well, I would I would proceed on that. I think that Wayne's point about what they should be campaigning on the economic issues is spot on, and I think that these candidates that he's referring to that got in they have been basically campaigning on Trump mm -hmm. as the issue and. They have not been really campaigning on those economic issues. Uh, they have uh, pretty much staked their claim to uh, those uh, elected positions based on their allegiance to Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Sure. And I think that is worrisome for the Republican Party. That is. Uh, it may or may not be half the country supports Trump. Uh, the other half doesn't, including some Republicans. So you're right. It's problematic. Uh, but uh that's what they're doing and and many of them are novices uh, they're not experienced politicians so yeah and then one more item um uh from jerry tom the gateway pundit uh with with john solomon um i uh, i think he's wrong though john solomon has just the news but anyway that's where he must have read this but anyway he said there's a great article about Biden uh, starting the raid by asking the National Archives to negate Trump's executive privilege uh, at the Mar-a-Lago documents. And we'll have more on that uh, in national news, Andy. But uh, that's right. Uh, the, the left and the Democrats have tried to uh, expunge the executive privilege uh, rights that, that the president has. And... Uh, uh, executive privilege, but also his power to declassify documents, which is pretty absolute. Uh, so that goes on. But uh, I've got more on that. And okay. and that's the mailbag. All right. We'll wait for it later on. We'll talk some more about that situation, of course. We'll continue in a moment as well with more of Tom Ostrom. I'm Andy Brownell on Rochester Today. News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96... Rochester Today with Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Rochester Today is back. Tom Ostrom's here. I'm Andy Brownell. Tom, what do you want to start in on? From Alpha News, A.J. Kaufman. Uh, as parents seek better alternatives, uh, public school enrollments in Minnesota and elsewhere are plummeting. Uh, that's due to COVID-19 mandates and assorted failures and the school board pushing back on parents that are concerned with the curriculum and with gender issues and what is taught and not taught. Uh, and uh, the parents are seeking uh, charter schools, private schools, 
the, the Catholic schools are benefiting from this and increasing enrollment and homeschooling is getting more popular. And, and in major U.S. cities, the same thing has happened. But the Twin Cities and the state of Minnesota have seen dropping enrollments. And uh, the total number of students in the Minneapolis public schools has decreased by 13%. And uh, New York has lost uh, 65,000 students, Michigan 56,000, and same going on in Chicago, Denver, Kansas City, and others. And uh, the sexualized education, uh, the lockdowns, uh, uh, academic issues and what's emphasized by the left in the curriculum. And it's this, Andy, it's no surprise that the charter school enrollment has jumped by 7% uh, in Minnesota. Catholic school enrollment has risen by the largest total in half a century. They don't give the numbers there. And parents are exploring homeschool and, and college enrollment, by the way, is also down by millions this fall for reasons of woke, wokeness and uh, and how liberal arts is taught or not taught or and and uh, uh, so college enrollment is down by millions and trade school enrollments are up uh, and uh, so I think the parents are revolting uh, against uh, against the woke curriculums uh, and by the way there have been successful elections all across Florida where woke school boards have been replaced by conservatives concerned with all these issues. So, uh, and then I would add this military recruitments are way down too. the armed forces are not getting the recruitment numbers that they want. And I would attribute that to wokery too, and the goofiness going on. <laughs> wokery. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's Kato's. Word. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was going to comment on the, uh, the college enrollment, higher education. I think, I do think the economy plays a role in that, but who knows with what's going to happen as far as economic conditions rolling forward. But uh, during the spring and in the early part of the summer, the robust job market, uh, I think, had a lot of people rethinking their higher education plans and diving into um, some pretty well-paying positions now that don't require college degrees. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the trades being up considerably. I think that's a... Uh, evidence of what I was talking about there, but uh, the military enrollment is what you refer to as wokery. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I read a piece not that long ago that um, uh, if you went region by region in the United States, the region that produces the highest number of enlistments the in south. the military. Yeah, the South, exactly. <laughs> and that there is speculation or conjecture that what you were talking about may have a significant role in um, the decline in enlistments, especially in the South, that a bunch of young people who have the values of patriotism and service to country are looking the other way because their concerns about entering that environment. I'm just going by what I read. Well, that's a good summary. Uh, I've read the same, and uh, and people have resigned from the U.S. military academies, uh, West Point, Naval Academy, Coast Guard Academy, just in the middle of their studies. They've said, we didn't join to hear this kind of stuff. And that's General Milley, uh, the Joint Chiefs of Staff Chairman, and then some of the other academies, too, are getting woked, and the uh, Christian chaplains who 
who talk about Christianity are, are muzzled. I mean, uh, these clowns are in charge of everything and they're ruining everything. That, that's my objective summary. <laughs> okay. What else do you have for Minnesota news? Assaults on Minnesota police have doubled in two years, uh, record high for a second year in a row. Uh, but use of force incidents have decreased. Uh, 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 even though assaults on police have increased, the use of force incidents have decreased. Uh, and uh, But still more assaults on police uh, and uh, officer-involved shootings uh, uh, are, are um, actually uh, dropping a little bit. And white people were involved in 17 use of force incidents last year, uh, as opposed to about half that number of blacks. But uh, in the crisis of crime in Minnesota and beyond uh, has been uh, from Powerline, explained by the U.S. attorney for Minneapolis. And he held a press conference uh, uh, and uh, 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 Andrew Luger. And he said, what law enforcement is encountering on the streets of the Twin Cities and other cities is far more disturbing than the numbers show. By their actions, violent offenders are displaying disdain for law enforcement, increasing their attacks on police. And uh, he said that uh, he had a, a news conference a few years ago. The criminal landscape, violent offenders are emboldened. Uh, they, they are emboldened to attack police. You got trafficking, you got fentanyl, you got destruction, you got deaths from the uh, open borders, uh, and uh, he said it's, uh, it's, we have to use. The public doesn't know this. We have to use increasingly uh, the uh, tactical response teams in great numbers who travel to high crime areas to arrest very dangerous people, and it's dangerous for them. And, and the violence to arrest them is significant and the violence against the police is significant. And we're asking uh, uh, other federal agencies to help local agencies. Uh, and, and, he, and he said, it's, uh, these are called high risk arrests that are very dangerous for police, but it has to be dealt with if we're gonna lower crime. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the more scary trends that we're seeing, Tom, is the conversion of semi-automatic weapons to fully auto weapons um, using these 3D printers that are widely available. I don't understand that, Andy. How can a 3D printer do anything lethal? I don't understand what I read about uh, that. All it takes is, and I don't know what the part looks like, and I wish I remember what it's called, but there is a simple device that you can print out of, of a piece of plastic and you can insert it into the mechanism of a semi-automatic firearm and it will get rid of the semi part and make it fully automatic. In other words, you pull the trigger, it'll just fire until you pull release the trigger. And so you already have the illegal firearms in the possession of the criminals. Now they're converting their illegal firearms to automatic weapons. And you're right, the as the U.S. Attorney Andrew Luger was pointed out, they're more emboldened to take on the police officers because with these types of weapons, they actually are gunning the police officers. Okay. And the sound of automatic gunfire is becoming more and more common in the Twin Cities. It's it's really, really worrisome. And oh. I saw another one dealing with a gun issue. And I, and I hope I I had I didn't have a chance to read the article. And I, I'm a little bit fearful it might be Babylon B or The Onion because it was so ludicrous <laughs> to have that. 
It was that Biden administration to require ghost guns to have serial numbers. Well, ghost guns are already illegal weapons, and the reason they are ghost guns is because they don't have serial numbers. Yeah. And any executive order that would require them to have serial numbers is pure silliness. Well, mm-hmm. sure. They're already illegal. Sure. Very interesting. And then don't criminals uh, erase or file away those numbers that are on a weapon? Uh, yeah. They use them too. So, yeah. Make well, them that's untraceable. Like- and so what, imagine you're a police officer in this environment and you have to confront someone who might be potentially dangerous, whatever their ethnicity. It's just going to encourage a, a rapid, violent response on the part of police to protect themselves and civilians. I'm afraid you're right on that. And that's why we point out these tactical teams are responding more and more to arrest situations because the officers will have intelligence that the person they're trying to bring in on whatever warrant they have for them, may have an automatic weapon or very sophisticated firearms, and they have to come in full force. Mm-hmm. But we do have to take our break for news. It's already that time, Tom. Uh, we'll be back, though, right after the news break with more of Rochester Today on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 Um I was going to start out with, Tom, the announcement on Wednesday from President Biden that he did flip the switch. He's going to do a limited student loan forgiveness program. If you are eligible for Pell Grants, which means you're likely from a lower income household, you will have up to $20,000 forgiveness of your student loans. All others with incomes of less than $125,000 will receive a $10,000 forgiveness. There are estimates that this will cost around $300 billion. So (laughs) whatever little bit of deficit reduction that was contained in that so-called Inflation Reduction Act Mm -hmm. was totally erased, and Mm -hmm. then some, by the action taken by the president today. And this will actually, from most economists, including Larry Summers, who used to advise Clinton and Obama, We'll just pour gasoline on the inflation fires because you just went and injected a whole bunch of cash into an economy that is already um, dealing with record or near record high inflation rates. Mm-hmm. I, I and I guess I don't know how else to say it. You're, I, 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 I don't know how Biden can defend himself from an accusation of trying to buy votes mm-hmm. in a midterm election. Um, yeah. Especially when you look at who benefits from this. They said 60% of the beneficiaries of this action will be people with what are considered high incomes. Mm -hmm. The logic of it is non-existent. Yeah. What a lesson that people don't have to pay their debts. And as you say, that privileged people then will have their debts canceled. What kind of lesson is that? Uh, why not do it for people who buy cars or buy houses or everything else? Uh, and as you said, it this adds to the inflation rate, and uh, and it's a horrible lesson about uh, paying your debts, paying your bills. So yeah, yeah. I, but it, I guess it's you know that's it. It's a done deal unless somebody challenges it in court and there's some sort of legal remedy to this. It's apparently a done deal. It's been, it it has taken place. Yeah. Wow. 
This is absolutely frightening, and it's breaking news already, and I tried to get on top of it. I heard Mike Gallagher this morning bring it up, and so I pursued it, and I got a little more information uh, when, when he brought it up because I couldn't believe it. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a representative from Georgia, and she's a formidable polemicist. Boy, she just uh, goes after reporters and goes after Democrats and rhinos, and she can usually out-debate them, and she's very self-assured. Uh, I know you don't think as much of her as I do. No, I don't. And she also is a gun owner, and she takes no guff from every anybody. And she'll walk right up to Democrats and tell them what for. Okay. The tendency of pro-Democrats to support their policy to use violence, we've talked about many times, the mob, uh, violence everywhere else. So some radical Democrat, uh, people say who know this, this is from Jim Hoft uh, of, of Gateway Pundit. So uh, some radical nutcase Democrat called a SWAT team that was in her, her district and, and made up lies about her. So the SWAT team went to her house with all her uh, paraphernalia and their weapons and knocked on the door at 1 a.m. in the morning. Now, the person who called the SWAT team and lied about her obviously hoped there'd be a, a confrontation because she carries a weapon and breaking into her house at 1 a.m. They hoped she would get killed. And they said that. They said that, the people who did it. Uh, and uh, and, then, and so uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene was swatted at her home. And, and she said, uh, and that's, uh, that's the practice of making a crank call to emergency services to bring large numbers of armed police officers into a, a, a decidedly dangerous uh, uh, encounter, which is what their job is. And the left is using it against political opponents, for crying out loud. And so she was attacked by, you know, a, a, a SWAT team this morning in Georgia. And then she said this uh, on, on the website, I was swatted just after 1 a.m. It was frightening. I can't express enough gratitude to the professionalism of local law enforcement who handled it professionally and carefully. And, uh, and the leftist trolls responded with hate under her tweet and because uh, they don't have to worry about being banned and they were happy that uh, MTG uh, had endangered uh, uh, the danger of, of being uh, harmed, but it uh, didn't take place. And I hope they can catch these people. But that's the, some of these radicals are resorting to violence and, and want confrontations. Uh, so, and I think assassination is on the list of these left wingers. Uh, I think it, well, this is kind of edging toward that. And maybe some will try to do it themselves, but I think that is absolutely outrageous. Yeah, it is. It's it's extraordinarily frightening. Uh, we've had a couple local cases, Tom, where people as pranks, apparently because of some sort of confrontation that's taken online, uh, taken place online during some gaming session, have made these swatting calls. Gee. to Rochester police and Olmstead County sheriffs mm. saying that, you know, there's a hostage situation or whatever. And, uh-huh. and the police have to respond appropriately. They have to bring in a tactical team and they don't know what they're running into. And these, you know, inevitably somebody's sound asleep in their home and it's a lot of things could go wrong really, really fast in a situation yes. like that. Sure. 
I hope to catch him as well. And as you pointed out, I don't have a high opinion of her, but I certainly wouldn't advocate if if the people of Georgia do not want them to represent her to represent them, it is within their power to vote her out. But if they want to continue to vote her in, that right. is also within their rights. And so they voted her in recently with yep. very high numbers. Yeah, and she's one example. Uh, uh, I don't want to agitate you, but she's one of those <laughs> examples of, of women who have more courage and guts to confront and to argue and debate uh, with adversaries than most of these wimpy men in the Republican Party. So, but that's why people hate her. And of course, some think uh, she's excessive and dangerous herself. But she can say she carries a weapon and she'll walk right up to a Pelosi or some other Democrat and challenge them. And they run away from her. And boy, does she go after liberal reporters. So I get the biggest kick out of her. And I, and I know you don't. And you're more measured than I am. And <laughs> as an objective news anchor, so I tease you about that. I think, I think a lot of what she uh, uses in her quote-unquote debates is some pretty out there false information. How's that? Well, we'll see. I, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, but uh, we, as usual, thanks to you, we cover all sides. <laughs> okay, well, we better we better cover the ongoing Mar-a-Lago saga for a little while. Okay, okay. Alan Dershowitz, a uh, uh, distinguished uh, uh, Harvard law professor emeritus, called Biden's waiving of executive privilege in the Trump case uh, unconstitutional. Uh, uh, he said that uh, the the archives staff decided that uh, uh, that that they would disallow Trump's claim of of privilege. Uh, Article two of the Constitution, Dershowitz said, uh, the politicians and archivists should not have the privilege of waiving Trump's executive privilege. Uh, they're trying to do that, and the archivist said that we we dismissed his claims of executive privilege, and we are. Uh, following the FBI to get these documents that that are questionable, and uh, and and uh, Dershowitz said this is unconstitutional. It's got to be challenged. Uh, I I vote against Trump, and I'll vote against him again. But this is the Constitution, and I'm losing friends. Dershowitz said over defending Trump, and I'm losing social uh, uh, invitations, and I'm losing my reputation. But this is outrageous, and we have to pursue FBI excesses uh, that anybody thinks they can deprive Trump of what are constitutional and court-endorsed decisions. Uh, uh, that's how how extreme they are. And Jonathan Turley is a liberal law professor at George Washington University, and he says the same thing, uh, that uh, Merrick, Merrick, Merrick Garland, the attorney general, blocking uh, the unsealing of affidavits that should be released and should be studied, uh, and and uh, these, and then he said, he said Garland is saying the uh, sanctimoniously we're just following the law, while his agency leaks to the press things that are damaging to Trump, and and the FBI and the DOJ are just running amok, and they've got to be challenged in court. Those are two distinguished lawyers, both Democrats, who think things have gone way too far. I read a great opinion piece along what you were just discussing and uh, basically challenging Garland and his behind the podium refusal to discuss this. 
uh, and does you know it's ongoing investigation. Nothing can be released. <laughs> and then, as you pointed out, that uh, conveniently, the New York Times can magically have you know unnamed sources close to the situation who offer up information that has no um, there's no ability to verify that information. But it it, it paints the former president in a um, less than uh, positive light in this current situation and favors the actions of the Justice Department. But then on the other side, this editorial writer wrote, the only people being quoted and willing to actually go out in public is the John Solomon that you have brought up, mm-hmm. where he, he has talked about how Trump made the claim of executive privilege and whether or not you pointed out that that is something he can exercise in this case is up for legal arguments mm-hmm. and will be fought out, I imagine, in court all the way to the Supreme Court to decide exercise of executive power and even after presidency. I, I don't know where it stands, but this editorial writer basically said, Garland better get this right, otherwise this will be a disaster <laughs> for the DOJ and the FBI. Yeah, Because already their you know, public opinion already is pretty low because of what has already happened in regard to the investigations against Trump? Right. And and polls have been taken where the majority of people, I don't know how they're selected, uh, disrespect the FBI now and think they are overly politicized. And uh, uh, that's not good for that agency. And no. as they say, the rank and file are thoroughly professional, but they are being asked to doctor their, their files and to make things worse than they are. And to, and to try to take cases and call them extremists and insurrectionists, and uh, including parents that go before school boards, uh, that people think the FBI has eroded their credibility. Not the agents that risk their lives, but they're being forced to doctor documents, it is alleged, uh, to keep their jobs to accommodate the people at the top that have their agenda. This will all play out and someday, uh, well, hopefully, I'll still be around to read the history books about this. But this this uh, is going to have to be resolved somehow by probably the Supreme Court. Because it is a constitutional question, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You have a former president who gathered these papers while he was president. And he claims he declassified these documents and has every right to possess them under executive privilege which does continue after you leave office. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. And that you have a political opponent, Biden, doing this to a president who might, a former president, who might be a political appointment. Doesn't Biden or his handlers know that if the GOP takes over, they could do the same thing to Biden? Well, that point's been made many times. <laughs> Well, why don't we take, well, no, do you have anything else you want to cover in national news quickly? We maybe have a minute or so. Well, the viciousness of the swamp uh, is uh, exemplified by uh, uh, Michael Hayden. Uh, he was head of the CIA uh, under uh, George W. Bush and President Obama. He was the CIA director and he's part of the swamp. I can't believe that a U.S. Uh, uh, admiral uh, could be this vicious. Uh, 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 and, and and he was asked by a reporter of the Financial Times if he agreed with the reporter. Uh, the Republicans are dangerous extremists. They have violent ideologies and uh, they're worse than the terrorists. And Michael Hayden 
again, a former uh, U.S. Air Force uh, general who was head of the uh, CIA said, I agree with you. I've covered extremism and violent ideologies in my career and uh, never have come across a political force more nihilistic, dangerous, and contemptible than today's Republicans. That's this admiral talking, a former CIA director. And uh, he's a retired uh, four-star general, and that's what he's saying about the Republican Party. Wow, okay. Well, with that, I'll take a break, Tom, and we will return with our last few minutes of today's Rochester Today program here on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. This is the Family Service Rochester Mental Health Minute. I'm J- It's Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back to Rochester Today. Tom Ostrom, Andy Brownell, Tom I'm going to talk really fast because we only have a few minutes. What do you want to cover? <laughs> okay. Do, do you have something about the, these international affairs? You already gave us a good intro to the latest uh, complexities of the Ukraine. So, yeah, we got that. I think we have that covered. Okay. Uh, what what uh, Something that interests me is these horrible cartels that are... Um, oh, yeah. In Mexico, and the Chinese that get fentanyl into Mexico to come over the border and kill thousands of Americans, uh, uh, and, and that comes out of Mexico or from China through Mexico over our border. But Breitbart has traced the number of Mexican journalists, courageous people who've criticized the cartel, and then they get murdered. Uh, and this year already, there's about 14 killings in 2022. I don't see the American journalists covering that much. If if in Russia a, a journalist is killed, I think that gets publicity. But for some reason, I don't see it being covered. But Breitbart says the Mexican journalist murders are are significant. And and uh, recently, a Mexican journalist was killed in a bar. Another one trying to get into his automobile. The brave kind of people that cover this corruption, and and they're they're murdered. Yeah, I hate to be cynical, but I, it's so commonplace for that to happen in Mexico. I think that might be why it doesn't cover get covered here much anymore because it's become, I guess you know, normal, and and that's extraordinarily frightening. Uh, because obviously, you know, I know Trump would constantly berate the media, uh, but if you don't have a free uh, media, press, whatever you want to say, you don't have a check on the corruption of government or these cartel members. What mm-hmm. they're doing because I, you know, uh, they, in some cases they're getting away with what they're doing because of the corrupt government in parts of Mexico. Yes, yeah, that's. Right. We don't know how good we have it here, I no. tell you. No. And the State Department has recently issued a warning to American tourists who are going to Mexico, who are in Mexico, to be careful of uh, where they are because they can be vulnerable or they can be kidnapped uh, or held for ransom. Uh, it's, it's just sad. Mexico, a beautiful country, and uh, it has resources and climate, and tourists like to go there. Uh, and, and I guess the Mexican officials are taking uh, their lives in their hands, whether they're judges or police or officials. Uh, 
when they act against the cartels, it's very dangerous and lethal for some. And you wonder if they're going to have to militarize and uh, how do you get rid of these horrible drug lords and and, uh, coyotes that are uh, bringing people and drugs over the border, uh, including our side of the border? How do you cope with people that are so willing to use violence and they even kill each other over competition? Most of the killings are turf war killings in Mexico. It's battles between the different cartels. But... It's all being funded by us. I mean, not you and I personally, but the people in this country who are consuming vast quantities of these drugs, whether it be methamphetamine, fentanyl, heroin, you name it, uh, that's where the money's coming from. This wouldn't be taking place if the American dollars were not going south of the border as rapidly as the drugs are coming north. But that time, we do have to run. Okay. So we'll talk to you next Tuesday. I'm sure a lot will take place between now and then. I look forward to it. Mm. Thank you, Tom Ostrom. I'm Andy Brownell, and this has been Rochester Today on News Talk 1340 KROCA. I'm at 96.9 FM. Before Bamboo HR, <laughs> I feel like crying just.